0: Regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I am glad that you've joined the program today. Hopefully you had a, a good Labor Day holiday. I did take an extra day off. And it was glorious. It was great, actually. One of my... Uh, Sons came home for a surprise visit. So I got to spend some time with family. Hopefully, uh, you had a good weekend as well. We are going to get right to it, however, on today's program. Uh, I have seen a couple of stories over the past couple of days making the same argument about the uh, new anti abortion law, which is uh, now in effect in the state of Texas. This from uh, Newsmax, Abortion Gambit of Texas, from Newsmax. If Texas gets away with it, There goes the Second Amendment, from reason. Conservatives should worry about the Texas abortion law, too. The same legal ruse can be used against gun rights and other civil liberties, not just against abortion. So the new law in Texas does not actually ban abortions, right? Uh, But it does allow any individual in the state of Texas to bring a lawsuit against an abortion provider if they provide an abortion uh for a, a pregnancy that is further than 6 weeks along and that provision uh is, is what has uh, folks uh so uh, concerned here how could this be used to go after our second amendment rights uh as well as going after our first amendment rights uh paul D. Uh, let me see if I can pronounce this correctly here. Uh, Paul D. Lesplanas is the uh, professor emeritus of political science and computer science at Adrian College. He is the author of that piece uh, at Newsmax, saying, "Listen, if the Texas law is upheld, kiss your Second Amendment rights goodbye." Uh, he says, "Quote: The Texas abortion ban cleverly obstructs legal challengers. The cleverness was needed because these statutes clearly unconstitutional, given the precedent of Roe versus Wade." Legislation denies Texas officials power to enforce it, but authorizes private citizens to bring civil suits against anyone performing or contributing to an abortion. This blocks the way that legislation is usually challenged before anyone's convicted for violating it. Challengers usually sue the official who could enforce the law, but here there is no such official. Since any private citizen could enforce this law, it's unclear who challengers could sue. Uh, The professor goes on to say that uh, there is a possibility of a class action lawsuit against every resident of Texas, in essence, uh, alleging that, uh, you know, they uh, could cause harm uh, to individuals who are seeking an abortion. Uh, The professor also points out, however, that uh, once this law uh, is challenged, in other words, once somebody tries to sue over an abortion that's provided in the state of Texas, then the courts can step in. Uh, And he says he anticipates that the Supreme Court uh, will strike this law down. He says the Supreme Court may not be able to evade the basic issue forever. It might either have to overrule Roe or strike down the Texas statute. He says, I predict the latter. But he also argues that Texas is playing with constitutional fire. He says its approach is one that conservatives could never support as a general rule. It could also be used to protect other legislation violating the Constitution, including laws prohibiting ownership or possession of all guns. Uh, Damon Root, writing at Reason, makes the same argument as well. He says, uh, quote, conservatives should be just as outraged by this legal ruse as liberals are. After all, if the Texas scheme actually succeeds in the long run, what's to stop an anti-gun state legislature from banning handguns in the home in clear violation of SCOTUS precedent and then placing state officials beyond the reach of federal judicial review by outsourcing the ban's enforcement to an army of private sector gun control activists?" Most gun shops would probably go bankrupt overnight when faced with the wave of private sector civil suits that such a state law would unleash. Is that the future that conservatives want? Well, I don't speak for all conservatives, but I think I speak for some of them, when I say, no, of course not. However, I also would argue that gun control activists have already done this that all of the talk from uh, Damon Root, from the uh, college professor who says, well, the Texas law stands, then, uh, you know, get ready to kiss your second, memorize goodbye. I I don't know if they are unaware or maybe they have forgotten about a law that was signed by Governor Cuomo, now former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, earlier this year. A law that is specifically designed to make it easier to sue gun shops, and the firearms industry by claiming that uh, they are violating the state's public nuisance laws. This is from the New York Times, June 8th of this year. New York state lawmakers passed legislation on Tuesday intended to allow civil lawsuits to be brought against fire manufacturers and dealers and attempt to circumvent the broad immunity that gun companies currently enjoy under federal law. The bill passed by the Democratic-controlled state legislature is the first of its kind in the nation to specifically classify the illegal or improper marketing or sale of guns as a nuisance, a technical classification that state lawmakers say would open the gun industry to civil liability suits in New York. So in New York, anybody can now sue any firearms manufacturer alleging that their marketing uh, resulted in a particular crime taking place and therefore the manufacturer or the gun store that sold the firearm – should be held responsible for the actions of criminals. This is a measure that the National Shooting Sports Foundation said would be disastrous for the firearms industry. And again, it's already in place. So it may very well be that the abortion law in Texas sets uh, a really bad example that could be used or exploited by gun control activists around the country. However, these gun control activists don't need a red state anti-abortion law to actually figure out how to go after the firearms industry because they're already doing this. So, I know that you know folks want to was, well listen, I mean, think of the unintended consequences here. Maybe there are some unintended consequences of the uh, Texas abortion ban. But I would argue that uh an attack on our segment of rights is not really one of those unintended consequences, because gun control advocates have already been working in this direction for a number of years. Ever since the uh, Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act was put in place at the federal level, as a matter of fact, the gun control lobby has been trying to figure out a way to get around it. And a couple of years ago, they were given a gift by a judge in Connecticut who said that Remington could be sued over its marketing materials. Uh, in the uh, lawsuit uh, brought by the uh, families and victims of the Sandy Hook murders. And that case has proceeded. And since then, gun control groups have launched a number of other suits against uh, Smith & Wesson in California, uh, against uh, many major manufacturers uh, aiding the government of Mexico in uh, suing uh, most of the firearms industry, or at least a lot of the big players in the firearms industry, for fueling the cartel violence in Mexico and, and holding them responsible for the actions of cartel members. Again, this isn't a hypothetical. This isn't something that could be done in response to Texas abortion law. This is happening right now. They're already figuring out a way to try to shut down the firearms industry uh, using the courts despite the uh, uh, Federal Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act that has been on the books since 2005. So, look, could we see New York State or California decide to take it even further? Uh, okay, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and ban handguns, and uh, we're not going to enforce that law, but if you know of anybody holding a handgun or having a handgun in their house, you can sue them in civil court. Will we see California and New York try to do something like that? It's a possibility, I suppose, but I don't really see it because the gun control advocates have already figured out their strategy to use civil litigation. Uh, to pursue their anti gun agenda. And again, the law that enables private citizens to sue firearms manufacturers into oblivion, trying to hold them responsible for the actions of the criminals, that law was signed by New York Governor Andrew Cuomo before Texas Governor Greg Abbott signed the state's new abortion bill. So, um, I, 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 I with all due respect to uh, to Damon Root and to the uh, professor uh, uh, Paul D Lesplanas, I think they get it backwards. If you if you want to talk about uh, you know why these laws are bad, you got to talk about the New York law that's already on the books too. All right, let's turn our attention to today's armed citizen story, our good deed of the day. And by the way, before we actually get to that. Just as uh, Paul uh, de Planes believes that the Supreme Court is going to strike down Texas' new abortion bill, uh, I would argue that the uh, odds are good that the uh, Supreme Court is also going to toss New York's attempt to do an end run around the Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act. But again, it's going to take some time to get there. It's really hard to challenge that law until you are subjected to it. And so we've got to wait for uh, one of these junk lawsuits to be filed before we can. Uh, start to go after its alleged legality. All right. Now, on to today's Armed citizen story. Our good deed of the day, our recidivist report. We will start there. Here's the headline from West Virginia. Judge gives Charleston man max time for second shooting conviction in three years. That's because the first time around, he got probation. Uh, 24-year-old Shahid Moore was told uh, on Tuesday that it's fortunate that he did not kill 26-year-old Blake Thompson when he shot him during a drug deal on the west side of Charleston. happened while Moore was on probation for a shooting in Morgantown, West Virginia. Moore pleaded guilty back in June to malicious wounding and being a prohibited person in possession of a firearm. He asked the judge for home confinement or to be placed in the Anthony Center for Youthful Offenders. He's 24 years old. He told the judge, I'm not asking you for a second chance. I'm asking you for another chance. He says, now that in I have been able to experience incarceration, I see this is not the lifestyle for me. It's not the way my mother and father raised me to be. Mm. Well, the judge said, no, that's not going to happen. In fact, I'm sentencing you to the maximum. Five to 15 years in prison. Which is... Probably going to be on the five-year end, not the 15-year end of the sentence. In fact, if if Mr. Moore actually does five years behind bars, I'll be shocked. Because the uh, judge actually told him, you can be out in three years. As long as you keep your nose clean behind bars, you don't get in any trouble, you get good time credit, your 15-year sentence can turn into three years. She said three years may sound like a long time, but it's not a long time. And it certainly isn't a long time, in my view, having almost killed someone. The uh, judge also pointed to uh, the violent past, Mr. Moore, saying that he's already been convicted on three charges involving guns at the age of 24. He was placed on probation after an October 2018 incident in downtown Morgantown where Moore fired several shots during a uh, crowded fight. Uh, No one was injured in that case. Again, he received probation. Apparently he had one other incident since then that also resulted in probation. And now the maximum sentence, which means it'll be out in three years. This case, by the way, had been referred to a federal court. Uh, Mr. Moore could have received five years, at least, in prison without the possibility of early release. But uh, by keeping this case local, he's going to get out in just a a short period of time. Lesson learned. We have to hope, because otherwise... Mr. Moore might be making another appearance in our uh, recidivist report in the future. Uh, Today's armed citizen story from uh, WLWT in uh, Ohio, uh, Dateline Mount Healthy, Ohio. I've never heard of Mount Healthy, Ohio. I got to say, I like the headline Intruder shot and killed after breaking into a home and assaulting ex girlfriend. I don't like the fact that the ex girlfriend was assaulted. I do like the fact that her uh, assaulter. Uh, was stopped. This happened Sunday, about 2.30 in the morning. Officials say 33-year-old Gregory Lyle entered through the window of a home, assaulted his ex-girlfriend who was inside. A a man living inside the home saw Lyle and shot him. Lyle pronounced dead at the scene. Officials say the uh, investigation is ongoing. say that Lyle had open warrants at the time and was the subject of prior domestic violence calls to the house. Officials with the Hamilton County Prosecutors Office say that they will review the case, determine if any charges are appropriate. I would think not at this point, but we'll keep our eyes on this story and bring any more details as they become available. Uh, Finally today, our good deed of the day, also involving a felon. Yeah, here's the headline from Fox. Texas felon out on bond, seen in viral video helping San Antonio officer arrest suspect who reached for a gun. That is a headline that you do not see every day. Uh, Mark Anthony Gonzalez admitted to KHOU that he himself does have a criminal history. He was out on bond for an arrest last May. But he also said that um, despite his own legal troubles, when he saw an officer in need, he had to help. He said he was driving to the gym back on August 22nd, uh, where he trains as a uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu fighter, when he spotted Officer Linville. Uh, chasing after 44-year-old Jack Albert Evans. Police say that Officer Linville saw the man with an outstanding warrant uh, and uh, tried to take him into custody, but Evans took off running. man tripped and fell to the ground. The officer fell on top of him. Uh, That is when Mark Anthony Gonzalez saw what was going on, pulled over to help. He asked his wife to get out of the vehicle to record the encounter so his actions would not be misinterpreted. He said, hey, that's the cue I need because this officer is in need of desperate help. He said, this is one of those life and death situations where the suspect decided to reach for the officer's fireman. I was able to pry his fingers away from the weapon. Uh, So, Gonzalez kneels on the stomach, or on the uh, legs of the suspect as he's lying stomach down on the uh, pavement. Officer is straddling the suspect, attempts to pull Evan's hand behind his back, tells Gonzalez, help him grab one arm. Officer moves to place a handcuff on one of Evan's wrists. Suspect reaches with his other arm for the officer's gun. Officer yells out, let go of my gun. Uh, He and Gonzalez then pry the suspect's hand off of the weapon. The suspect flips over. At one point, Gonzalez helps to restrain him until the officer can finally put him in handcuffs and radio for backup. Mark Gonzalez said, I had no relationship with law enforcement or the system. In fact, he said, I despised it because of what I was going through. I still went out of my way because I knew that it was the right thing to do. Uh, Evans originally charged on a uh, $101,000 bond. Charged with attempting to take a weapon from an officer, evading arrest, fell in possession of a firearm, his uh, original outstanding warrant for uh, unauthorized use of a vehicle. Uh, don't know exactly what uh, Mark Gonzalez had a warrant out for his arrest for uh, from May of last year, but um, I would imagine that if he comes clean, and uh, cooperates with these charges, that those uh, uh, potential uh, uh, consequences may be mitigated by the fact that when he was in the right place at the right time, he was willing and able to do the right thing uh, to help that officer take an individual into custody uh, as well as uh, help protect that officer when the suspect tried to grab at his gun. So uh, Mark Anthony Gonzalez, mistakes have been made. He's doing his best to uh, do the right thing when given the opportunity, and we appreciate his very good deed. That is all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program today, as always. We will be back tomorrow with more of the latest Second Amendment news and information, but don't forget, you can uh, check out bearingarms.com throughout the day for even more of the top Second Amendment news stories that you need to know about. If you like what you see, you can also become a VIP subscriber. Just go to bearingarmscom slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNS. You can get 25% off of your membership. You'll also get exclusive analysis, commentary, stories you won't get anywhere else as a way of saying thanks. And we really do appreciate your support. We'll talk to you tomorrow, but until then, be well, be safe, and be free.